Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Taco Tuesday on a Tuesday this time. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Just chilling. Trying to inspire. Aren't we all? That's what we do every day, don't we? Well, that's what Russell Westbrook's doing today. He's just chilling and trying to inspire. We'll get to all, everything that's happening in Lakers land. Russell Westbrook, still a Laker. Uh, your prediction of, of he would be traded, <laughs> uh, not happening. I I was already on the he's staying um, boat. And I, I think as the days go by, more and more people are going are gonna to join us on our voyage of the 2022-2023 season with Russell Westbrook. Now, I don't know if he'll finish the season as a Laker, but I think we're heading that way. Have you changed your mind at all from last week to this week? Because I felt like I have, I succumbed. I, I, I was just, it is what it is for me. But for you, you said, I would call it hope. Is that what you want to call it? That, that the trade would emanate? I still feel like there's like a, a, a likelihood. There's still a, like a small sliver of a, a chance that it happens before the season. But yeah, it, as we get closer, as each week happens, it's becoming a little more clear that uh, the options are definitely dwindling on so that. Let me ask you, when you say like there's still hope and there's still, you know, some sort of idea of that happening, what does the Russell Westbrook on September 13th look like? A Odds trade. Of- Oh, a trade. Uh, I think at this point, I think I, I, I think Utah is becoming more likely. Um, uh, Brian Windhorst was on, I think, the NBA afternoon show on ESPN, and he kind of laid out a couple like reasons why he thinks the Jazz are still likely to make a trade. I think they have, at the moment, 17 guaranteed contracts and only allowed uh, 15. So that kind of screams they're going to try. They're going to have to get rid of two guys somehow, either by cutting or or just outright trading, which. We know they want to trade those guys still and the Lakers want to make a trade. So I, I don't know. I, I still think Utah is, is a team to watch out for. And I still think it's probably less expensive to get a deal done with them than Indiana at this point. Okay. So it's still kind of the things that we've talked about all off season. Then you think there's still, they're still out there. You don't think Brian yeah. Windhorse is, is going on TV. Like what else? I mean, I have to say something last, you know, last time he mentioned the Utah jazz, like he became this giant meme, this giant viral force. And he seemed pretty like confident or passionate on that clip. I think it was yesterday about he'd be really surprised if, uh, if Utah doesn't make another move before the season, Um, the Lakers, but mm -hmm. at least they're going to do something. See, this is where I know like, you're like a real like journalist, like you actually care about what you write and what you say, because if I, if you would have asked me that question and you would be like, why do you still have hope? I immediately would have been like, well, Russell Westbrook put his Brentwood house on sale today. (laughs) Like, like that's just the way my brain thinks. I don't think about like facts and reports. And and I just think about like headlines and gossip because that to me entertains me more. Uh, And I did see today in the wall street journal that Russell Westbrook listed his, his Brentwood home uh, for sale. At $29.995 million. So that has to raise eyebrows in Lakers land. You going to put an offering on that house or? 
I think I am 29.99 <laughs> short of what he's asking for. Yeah. Uh, I thought my area was expensive, but Brentwood, man, $30 million yeah. home for a 13,500 square foot house in Brentwood, California. And then you look, you click on that Wall Street Journal, you're like, damn, that's a nice house. I didn't even look at it. I'm assuming it has to be at that's that price. That's a really nice house. That is like, that's in LA. That's kind of my, that was my first impression. Like that's in LA. That does not look like an LA home. <laughs> um, but yeah, Russell Westbrook, who bought that house, by the way, what a real estate, maybe he's just a real estate mogul. Cause he bought that house in 2018 for $19.75 million. So just a quick four years later, he's trying to turn around for a smooth $10 million profit. Nice. Um, I mean, when I, I saw that report I, again, like you, I think any normal, n- normal person, non-athlete, when you sell your house, that's a big like red flag that they're probably going to move somewhere else or they're going to go somewhere else. But for athletes, we know all the time they buy and sell houses. I think LeBron right. before he signed with the Lakers, didn't he buy a house out here like a couple months before the season ended? It was something Lord like that. Know, People man. were tracking his every move, but I obviously like, yeah, you can read into it. Like, especially if he buys a house somewhere else immediately mm-hmm. or like in Utah or in Indiana. But at this moment, like, like you said, I'm sure he's just buying and selling at this point, but it's notable. Like that's still to sell something that, that I think it would be way more notable if you're right. If he purchased a house in Indiana or Utah, it would be way more notable. Uh, I think right now we just, it, we're just waiting for training camp to hurry the hell up already and get here because I mean, athletes sell and it, is this his only house? Does he have a rental property? You know, there's so many other questions that you can come up with. Um, I can't stop staring at this house. I shouldn't have clicked on this link. <laughs> uh, that is a beautiful house. Um, it has a, it has a clock on the wall. It's just a bunch of letters and it's, and it, the, the letters light up. It is half past 11. It doesn't tell you what time. It is. Oh, yeah, so it's it just very words. Cool. No, no, it's just like, it literally looks like a crossword puzzle, just okay. a big square. And the letters light up telling you what time it is. It's very cool. Very okay. nice. Very nice. So good luck, Russell Westbrook. I know the housing market, not the best time to be buying or selling or refinancing your home at this moment with interest rates going up. But I think when you're selling a $30 million home, you don't really think about those things like, like we maybe do. So Russell Westbrook today uh, on Instagram, who has like posted stuff on Instagram, but hasn't really posted any basketball stuff on Instagram. Today puts a picture of himself in very baggy black pants and a white polo shirt. I'm sure I'm doing not justice to his outfit, uh, saying just chilling and trying to inspire. You want to read into that? You want to skip Bayless that comment on Instagram? No, <laughs> yeah, me neither. He, he's me neither. big into, into fashion because it's when I see like his little notifications pop up when he does put something on Instagram, like, okay, maybe this is, Mm-hmm. This is my cryptic message. Let me click on it. It's just, no, it's just like an ad for some clothes. So no. It is funny that we, you know, we're talking about fashion and selling homes. And because did you see today, the LeBron family was featured in Vanity Fair, a whole spread of LeBron. I don't know. I only know Bronny. I don't know the other kid's name, um, but his wife, his daughter, they were all featured in a Vanity Fair article today. Speaking of nice houses, that house looked pretty nice just from those few little photos. Yes, but. it did. It says exclusive at home with LeBron James and his family. I'm sorry if you guys were expecting a full breakdown of this. I didn't read it. 
Sorry. Did you read it? <laughs> no, I just saw the photos on uh, on Instagram that you posted. Yeah. Uh, there's like pictures of them all in, like in tuxedos and in front of like this huge feast. And there's pictures of them all wearing the same board shorts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's at their home in LA. That's what, kind of what I'm getting. Cause it has that big crown statue thing. There's yeah. a picture of him. So very interesting day today in the fashion world for the Lakers. That's, that's the point of, of lots off of season. News, that of is the point of the today. off season that we've reached at this point, September 13th. We're talking about Russell Westbrook posting, just chilling, trying to inspire, promoting his new fashion line. We have LeBron in vanity fair and you have Russ post, uh, post not posting, putting his home up for sale. That is where we're at today with Laker news. That's it. Also, did you see Patrick Beverly through a welcome back to LA party and it's giant Lakers cake? No, I didn't see that. But no. right away when you say Lakers cake, that makes me have flashbacks to Ty Lue. So hopefully it's oh. a little better than that. Did you see Paul George get booed at the Chargers game? Merciless. Yeah, I saw clips of that. He gets booed yeah. everywhere he goes, it seems like. Does. Actually, not in San Diego. Really? He, he, I don't know how. I don't know how Paul George became a Padre fan, but he was in town uh, this past weekend when they were playing the Dodgers wearing a Padres jersey. As a guest of the Padres, he was like with Manny Machado and the Padres front office. I know Kawhi's a Padre yeah. fan. He's but he's from San he Diego. sits front row on his own, like on off days, just because he's that's what he does. Uh, but Paul George being here, he didn't get booed here. Everybody was kind of happy that he was here. So, uh, but I, I bring it up because Patrick Beverly talked about the differences of being a Laker and a Clipper. And he said, when you're a Laker, there seems to be more respect. And I think that's kind of exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. You go to a Charger game, you get booed. Uh, so that's, that's where we're at, Alex. It is a, it has been one of those off seasons, man, where the Lakers made one trade and it, Russell Westbrook was not part of it. Yeah. Um, I definitely came into the off season thinking, you know, well, number one, they had to have a brand new team just strictly because everyone was a free agent and they did that and they did it pretty quickly. They didn't really drag their feet on who they signed and stuff. Uh, but the, the rust trade was the other like number one priority I thought. And obviously that's, I mean, still to be determined, but now seeming less likely. So it, it just feels like we're in a holding pattern still. And yeah. we're getting to a point where the off season is about to be over. Um, this might just be the team the Lakers have. So the Lakers can bring 20 players into training camp. And at the moment they have 19 guys under some sort of uh, contract, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker is not here anymore. Kendrick Nunn, Stanley Johnson is not here anymore. Oh, what, what list am I reading? This is an old <laughs> list. What the heck? Jordan a, Farmar, Chris Kamen. Uh, what is this list? I thought I just saw it on the home screen, silverscreenroll.com. That is not the right list. Sorry, guys. That is that is a very incorrect list. So, anyways, I was gonna get to the point. They got lots of guys on the team. Is there lots saying. of guys on the team. But what I was gonna get to was there was let's just assume that the guys that are on the Lakers team are the guys that are going to be on the Lakers team this season. We eventually have to talk about what that basketball is going to look like. Like whether you like it or not at this moment, two weeks, a little more than two weeks ahead of training camp. This is the team you have. These are the players you're going to go with. We already know your coaching staff. 
So you got to talk about the basketball eventually. What to expect, who to expect starting, who's going to come off the bench, what kind of rotations. These are the kind of things that we talk about once training camp starts. But I did see on Zach Lowe's podcast over the weekend that he predicted a starting five. And it made news because I think who he has starting is very noteworthy. Zach Lowe, and he didn't say this is a prediction just that I pulled out of my butt. This is a prediction from what I have been hearing that the Lakers are going to go with this starting five. Would you like to hear what Zach Lowe said and who he thought will be starting for the Lakers? Yeah, let's hear it. There you go. So based on what I've heard, my prediction for yeah. what will be the starting five, not what should, what will, is okay. Russ, none, and I and the yeah. none buzz, the none buzz is yeah, is big, is is big uh, out of here, <laughs> is it's a lot of Kendrick none talk, yeah, a lot among twenty five people um, who care about it. Uh, Russ, none, LeBron, AD, and I think Damian Jones right now is the front runner to start yeah. center, and I am as big of a Damian Jones fan as exists in the NBA media. I think he's a good player. I remember talking to teams last year who are on the hunt for, let's say, pricier centers at the trade deadline. I was like, I would just give up two seconds to get Damian Jones out of Sacramento. That guy's good. Um, and uh, that's who I think. So he has Damian Jones, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kendrick Nunn, and Patrick Beverly. Did I get that correct? Did he say that's a? Did he say Patrick Beverly? Did he say Russ? Should we play it again? You know what? Because I've seen both online. Let's play it maybe again. Maybe someone aggregated it wrong. Let's hear Let's it again. Let's play it again. We'll start. So based on what I've heard, my prediction for yeah. what will be the starting five, not what should, what will, is okay. Russ. Russ. None. Okay. And so in that scenario, not, not Patrick Beverly. Somebody did aggregate it wrong. I saw that, yeah. In that scenario, he's got Russ, none, LeBron, AD and Damian Jones mm -hmm. from what he's been hearing, not what he thinks they should do. Does that make any sense to you? Ooh. Um, I mean, I'm off, number one, just hearing that for the first time, none going from not playing one game last season to being penciled in as a starter. I mean, I, I definitely would feel very encouraged, even if you're not a fan of the starting lineup or the fit or whatever. I'm just encouraged that they're excited about him, how he's looking, that they feel confident enough to not even just put him back on the team, the rotation, but to start him. I think that's a, the biggest takeaway of that. Um, so yeah, from that aspect, I'm pretty excited, but I, I have a few concerns about, again, the spacing with the yeah. starting lineup. Yeah. I agree. It's like, why have three ball handlers on the court as well? When you guys, am I, okay, it's been a long time since I've watched Kendrick Dunn play basketball, but is he more ball dominant? Does he work off the ball better? Does he, is he a catch and shoot kind of guy? Is he, what is the, I think we should, I think we should talk about that because people, we, in Lakerland, it's been so long. What is Kendrick Dunn? I would say he's more like a, like, if we're going by archetypes, he's more like a secondary ball handler, right? He's not a primary guy. He's, I think he'd be similar to how like maybe like an Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves are used kind of just as a secondary pick and roll ball handler guy coming off screens, making a play downhill, not the number one option to, to set up the, the half court or make a play, especially if you have LeBron and Russ 
also next to him, you're not going to give the ball to none in those situations, right? You're going to have him as a spot up guy. And then maybe when a, a play breaks down, then he can create for himself or others. So uh, if his jumper is, looks good, then I can see why the appeal is because he is a like pretty good shooter for his position. That's something they don't have a lot of on the team. Has he been cleared to do full uh, team activities? It seems like every week there's a new report. I, I think last that was reported is that he's cleared to shoot. I think they said, so maybe yeah. his shot looks good, but I haven't seen like full clearance of him playing five on five or anything yet. So more thoughts on this. If we've heard, I mean, he was asked straight up. Darvin Ham was asked, can you see a, a scenario where both Pat Bev and Russ play together? Obviously he didn't name Pat Bev in the starting lineup, but Russ being a starter financially, obviously it makes all the sense in the world. You have your three guys fit though. He emphasized if they play defense, if they play defense, mm-hmm. who's going to play defense in that start in that backcourt. I who's going to play defense. That's a small backcourt right off the bat yeah. too. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about, let, let's just say him for whatever, for the, just this exercise that none is a starter. Yeah. Maybe he looks really good. He looks like how he did in that, that finals run with the heat. And they're like, you know what? This is the guy we signed. This is the guy we're going to go with. Um, how do you feel about Russ over Bev in the starting lineup? I is, this the, a, is this just because Ham has to give Russ a chance? Yes. Yes. Okay. 100%. I think that there was never any truth or beef to the fact that they said Russ would cut come off the bench. Um, I don't think that it will ever happen as long as Russell Westbrook is a Laker. Russell Westbrook has to be the most awful player ever. It'll never happen. You don't think no. he'll ever. Oh, wow. No, no. I mean, do I think that's maybe the best thing to do is to play him when LeBron's not on the court? I mean, maybe I think so, but there's no way that you keep Russell Westbrook and bring him off the bench. If you're Darvin him, I don't see how I know more about Russell Westbrook than I know about Darvin ham already. And what I mean by that is, I know how unflexible Russ Westbrook is on a basketball court. He has proven that for a decade that he is this player. This is what he does. He thinks he's really good at it. And why do I need to change? Look at my numbers. Hmm. Do I think Darvin ham will be a little bit pushed over in the beginning? Yes. Uh, I definitely do. I think that there's a lot of voices in his head right now from the top to the, to the players, to everything that is just going to, there's no way he's going to start the season with Russ on the bench. I just don't see how, I don't think he has that authority. Yeah. I truly don't think he has that authority to do that. I I think he's the type of guy who wouldn't be uh, afraid to, I think Darwin Ham definitely, if he feels that Russ doesn't give them the best chance to win, um, he won't start him. But, but that said, I think game one, you almost kind of have to, you have to give it a chance. Right. And Darvin ham, since he's been hired has praised Russell Westbrook nonstop. He's, he's said, um, he really wants to see those three guys, you know, on the court together. Uh, I think he even said he absolutely is starting or something to that degree. So I, I definitely think he's going to start to start the season, but I, I think eventually this team has to be way more flexible this year than they were last year with, with, with Russ. I, I think at some point, if he's still on the team come trade deadline, I think they definitely have to at least experiment with him coming off the bench. 
I don't, I don't think this is a season where he starts every game. And uh, if yeah, I is, mean, if we then... get to the trade deadline and Russ is still, and we're still having these discussions, I mean, the season's pretty much a wash and you can, you can take your chances. If we're still having these, Russ doesn't fit starting lineup, Russ mm-hmm. does in trade That's deadline, true. then the season is already in shambles probably. Um, but what I, I don't know if you think this way, but I always think this way because I think in LA in certain markets, it really matters. And starting Russell Westbrook on the bench immediately causes drama in the media. Immediately. Media members start asking questions on day one. Media members start asking Russ. Media members start asking every player. If the Lakers lose and Russ is coming off the bench, that's a story. If the Lakers start winning and Russ is coming off the bench, that's a story. Um, I just think that it's easier to answer questions about why don't you put Russ on the bench as opposed to why is Russ on the bench? I think those questions are a lot easier to answer for a first-time head coach to be like, what do you mean? It's Russell Westbrook. Why would I put him on the bench? Like, that's a lot easier to say than I have benched an MVP all-star point guard and we're losing and I, I look like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, if you're losing with Russell Westbrook as a starter, I think we could all understand that that's just a fit. If you're, and by the way, I'm just thinking negatively. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just telling you like what could happen is that if this all goes to shit, it's, and you have Russ on the bench, that's a, that's a really difficult thing to work your way out of PR wise. Do do you think if, okay, say they, they do bench Russ game one and say they go back to him as a starter 20 games in, and then maybe 20 games later, do you think they could go back to him off the, like I, I think Russ is either you fully commit one way or the other. I think once I think you bench you, him, there's no yeah, going back. Right. And I think that's why you start him. Because if you start him and there is issues to, to if, if you're not starting great and he's starting, that's a lot easier to bench someone. Yeah. It's a lot easier to bench someone if the results are not coming. Whereas if you bench him to start, and you are still bad, you, A, you look bad, mm-hmm. and then B, it's it's almost like a white flag, like, all right, Russ, come in. And then and then that's not, that's not even assuming that it's a magic pill, all of a sudden you're going to be good again. I just think there's no way you can... I really don't see how the Lakers can bench Russell Westbrook to start the season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just a little surprised Bev, Bev isn't in the starting lineup somewhere there. Like, if you, you're trading THT and Stanley Johnson, again, not these elite players by any means, but if you're trading two rotational guys for Pat Bev and you're just having him come off the bench, it just seems a little counterproductive. Like, I, I, I penciled in Bev as a starter right when that deal, like, took place. So I'm a mm-hmm. bit surprised. And again, maybe none has just looked that good. Or maybe they just like his fit better. Like, I I think Nunn's probably a better shooter than Pat Bev, even though uh, Bev has had some really solid shooting numbers throughout his career. Uh, Nunn's more dynamic offensively also. But, yeah, I'm just a little surprised early on that that wasn't kind of like a guarantee. And we've seen it here, especially with our centers. Just because you start doesn't mean you play starter minutes. Sure. And I know that was a lot under the Frank Vogel era, obviously. We don't know what Darvin Ham's going to do, but we've seen that here, that just because JaVale McGee started, that didn't mean he was going to play more than nine minutes a game. So I am a big proponent of energy coming off the bench, attitude coming off the bench, some sort of 
offensive firepower to say it's for lack of a better term to come off the bench. Um, I don't trust Kendrick Nunn to be that yet. I do truck very much trust Patrick Beverly being a spark off the bench off being a starter. So that doesn't surprise me. I don't like the lack of defense and that and Zach Lowe's starting five. I really don't. That bothers me the most. I don't know. Maybe you could fill me in on Damian Jones defensive, you know, skills. Uh, I think if AD is healthy and is committed to the defensive end, he's a, he's a big difference maker. Obviously, we've seen what he can do on the defensive end. But early on, LeBron is not really focused on defense. He's not going to be locking guys up. LeBron is is and not I'm not calling him a liability, but he's not going to be some star defender. So, I I would almost go with a uh, me personally, I think I would almost go with like a uh, Austin Reeve, like some, some more size somewhere. I was going to say, if, if this wasn't the starting five, do you have one you prefer that you think Darvin Ham should probably go for? I would swap Reeves for none. Okay. And I would swap Bryant for Jones okay. myself. I, I know that he's coming off injury and, and he's been injured, but I just think if he's healthy, he's shown that he is a actual NBA center. Whereas mm-hmm. You know, Damian Jones, not saying he's not, but, you know, 10-day contract guy turning into excelling with the Kings is not necessarily starter material. Yeah, there's still question marks around Damian Jones, right? And, and I I'm, I'm actually have a piece coming out tomorrow on him. And a lot, I get into those things. Like, he hasn't really played uh, or averaged more than, like, 20-something minutes a game for his entire career. He averaged only 18 last season. And his career, that was probably his career best season. And like you mentioned, it came on the Kings, right? Mm-hmm. Low stakes team, um, not a lot of pressure, very, very like limited role. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same role he's going to have on the Lakers. Fortunately, he's just going to play defense, finish lobs, and that's the role they need him to play. And that's the role they've kind of needed every center to play since JaVale and Dwight. And so I think he's actually going to be fine in that regard. I think he'll be really solid. Um, but I agree. I think if that's the starting lineup, there's definite defensive issues. I think. LeBron, like you said, doesn't buy in from game one. Usually he kind of preserves his body. I I doubt Russ is going to lock up from game one either. Kendrick Nunn is coming off not playing for a whole year. Um, AD is still probably trying to recover from any injuries he's had. And you have a guy like Damian Jones who still has to kind of prove he's a starting level center. There's a lot of question marks there. Well, today uh, Austin Reeves was on, not on, but he was interviewed by Shams today and Shams the first question he asked him uh was about that was about do you want to be a starter and I don't I didn't hear yes uh but a lot of people did so let me play you what Reeve said today with Shams about being a starter how much of a goal for you is starting uh on this team uh you know you know it's always I mean a goal uh you know to be in the starting five but whatever role that, that they want to give me that I'll be happy to take and, you know, try to do that uh, to the best of my abilities. But, you know, starting is always, especially as a Laker, I mean, with the guys that we have is, is cool. But I mean, at the end of the day, I just want to win and, you know, accept whatever role that they want me to have. Yeah. I didn't really hear. I, I need to be a starter. Like, I think yeah. you just said, yeah, if they pick me as a starter, dope. <laughs> That's kind of how I heard it. Did you hear it otherwise? No, yeah, it sounds like it's just saying the generic answer. Obviously, you want to start. You want to start for the Lakers. And honestly, if it was up to me, like, say, answering the question I asked you, I would start Reeves from game one. Yeah. I, I would start 
I would have Russ come off the bench. I think I would do Reeves, Pat Bev, LeBron, AD, and I guess I would go with Jones. Because I, I do think Bryant probably needs to work himself up into game shape. And then I wouldn't yeah. be surprised halfway into the year we see a, a change there. But I, I think Reeves deserves it. I think Reeves brings a skill set that's um, really needed on this team. And especially if his jumper is looking good, like he, like we've heard coming out of all these reports and he's put on muscle, like he said, I think he was easily one of the most impactful players on the team last season. Yeah. So I, I think if you're Darvin Ham, you set that precedent from game one that we're going to reward the guys who play defense, play hard and, you know, fit. And I think Reeves is one of the few guys who we can kind of pencil in to do all that. And you're hoping for like a second year jump too, a guy that's not so. a, a guy's not a rookie anymore. A guy that anything he did last year was like a surprise. You know, everything, everything he did last year was like, Oh, cool. We got, is your house burning? No, it's okay. uh, a <laughs> UPS. Okay. Uh, anything that you got from him early on was like a major surprise and a major like, Oh, bonus dope. Reeves is good. Yeah. Now it's a little tricky because we just saw it with THC when you're expected to do things. Yes. Can you do those things? Whereas, Hey, anything he's giving us is great. I hope that he has like a Caruso jump, you know, where you're like, Hey, this kind of came out of nowhere and he turned into an actual rotation guy that you really need. And he thrived in his, whatever role they gave him. That's what I'm hoping for Reeves. And I think, um, I think the Lakers are actually counting on it. They're not really hoping for it. I think they're counting on it. Yeah. He, he's going from luxury to like necessity, right? Like he, he's no longer just a pleasant surprise or, you know, like we're the gravy, like we actually need him to be a contributor this season. And a lot of times there's that sophomore slump. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where, where guys kind of struggle with that. So I, I hope that's not the case with him. And um, I, I just think he, he is a really good foot, fit next to LeBron and AD. And I even think he's a nice fit next to Russ and Bev. I just think he's very Caruso-esque in that role that if he can to, kind of fit in anywhere. If I had to take a guess right now, not a guess, but my starting five would be Russ, Reeves, LeBron, AD, and Bryant. Okay. Conservative, I'll probably say uh, Russ. I think Reeves beats out none and whoever else. I think it's Russ, Reeves, LeBron, AD, and I think Jones. If I want to go crazy, I think you already said it, but Pat Bev, Reeves, LeBron, AD, and I like Bryant. I'm if, not if a he Jones. Can shoot it, if he's healthy and he can yeah. shoot it, I, I definitely see the, the appeal there. Is there any way AD starts at the five? No, right? Not with the two guys they brought in? No, I, I think we might have, our ship might have sailed there. Uh, yeah. Full let's season just, AD at the five. Let's just stop talking about it and let's just AD. Let's just, let's just have AD for like 70 games first, you know? That's why I'm not mad at him playing power forward, yeah. really. Whatever helps you stay on yeah. the floor, I'm fine with it. He can you play know point gonna, guard. You know he's going to finish games at center anyway. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he, there's going to be another a five yeah. out there when it's crunch time. So. Jones and Bryant won't be in the no. final three minutes. They might not even play this. the whole fourth quarter. Like right. you we, said, a lot of times, Javel and Dwight, they played, they were just starter in, in name only. They played yeah. 12, 14 minutes a game. Um, so we did our predictions on, on, so say yours again, say what you say, what you want and what you think. Okay. And then what we'll I wrap want, it up that way. Yeah. So what I want is Bev Reeves, LeBron, AD, and I'll go Jones. Um, and then what I believe will be Russ Reeves, LeBron, AD and Jones. I think my want and my belief are the same. Okay. Russ Reeves, LeBron, AD, Bryant. You want Russ to start is what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Just to avoid it all. 
get it out of the way. Uh, I, I don't think I can make the case of the whole media thing and then be like, yeah, I don't want Russ to start. I actually do. If he's going to be here, I think you're going to have to experiment while they're healthy and see what he can do. If they're healthy, that's all we heard, right? If we're healthy, if we're healthy. So if they're all healthy to start the season, then go for it. Um, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, silverscreenroll.com is where you can catch his work. When he writes, the basketball season is almost here. So you're going to catch a lot of his work on silverscreenroll.com. At Alex M. Regla on Twitter. At AlexVideo86 is me on Twitter. This is a little fun experiment talking about real estate and fashion and starting lineups. <laughs> I liked it today. And we figured it out. We always we do. Uh, is Russell Aker next week? I, I keep saying yes, so I'm going to go and say no this time. <laughs> and in an hour, we'll see you. No, you always a, say a you always news. say no. Oh, you're right. I say yes. Okay. He is a Laker. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, I yeah, he's here. This is number okay. zero's here, and he's here to inspire and just to chill. So. <laughs> Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Silverscreenroll.com for all your Lakers news, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of this, all of audio podcasts is where you could find our podcast on Tuesdays. We will be with you guys uh, every Tuesday during the NBA season. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of Tuesday games to start the season, but I took, I took a look at the schedule. We're not going to have a lot of post games. I think the first one is a Tuesday. And then after that, I don't think there's one till like December. So we're going to, we're going to, have some chance to not just talk about one game specifically, which will be fun. So Alex, we'll talk to you next week till then. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.